Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. You're like, like, oh no, who died? No, they just had a fire. But back then, it was a visible sign of grief. They would put ashes on their forehead. And if you've ever been to a Catholic church for Ash Wednesday, it's another thing that they do, like leading up to the death of Christ. It's kind of that symbolic thing of, oh no, look what bad had to happen to Jesus in order for us to be made free. But we'll change that out for a crown of beauty. No, 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 you don't know. You no longer have to be in mourning. I'm going to take that away and I'm going to give you a reason to be excited. Oil of joy instead of mourning. Mourning and joy are opposites. They really are. When you're like joyous no matter what. Now you can be joyful even when something bad happens if you have Jesus. Because you know that you're walking through it with somebody who can actually handle it for us. So he exchanges that. And then a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. To change us to where we know God's got this and I love him more than anything. Instead of that spirit of despair, anxiety, depression, all of the stuff that we're used to walking in, he says, I want to give you something new. I'm going to trade it out And it's going to be this downward pouring heavenly blessing that goes from the top of your head to the tip of your feet. The crown, the head, the garment, all the way down. God wants to meet your innermost needs. Your innermost needs. The things that you know about that nobody else knows about. He wants to come in and actually do something about that for you. I hope that this helps illustrate what we're talking about today, and it's kind of a mirror, somewhat of a mirror of what we just saw in that skit, and I'm going to use something that can actually stain my hands, so I'm going to put on these gloves. We all start off, or humanity started off, perfect, perfect. You wouldn't get stung by a bee. If you did, it would tickle and feel good. You'd request it. I mean, it was a perfect world. Nothing could harm you. Nobody was allergic to anything. Nobody with a gluten allergy couldn't go buy Krispy Kreme. I mean, the world was perfect. And we start off that way. How it was supposed to be. Everything was perfect. Now, this is a handkerchief, and people don't carry handkerchiefs that often anymore, so you might not even recognize it. You're just like, oh, it's just a cloth. No, it's a handkerchief. Guys would carry this around in my like dad's day and my grandpa's day. They'd put it in their pocket and carry it around and blow their nose into it and put it back in their pocket. You ever watch old movies like a girl's crying and they whip out a handkerchief? Don't wipe your tears with a handkerchief. You might get cut on some like dried snot. All right? Just like, oh, what in the world is this? Well, I have a cold. So, no, that wouldn't be good to do at all. But this represents us just for a moment, because it's, it's something pure. There's no, there's no spots on it or anything. I, it, it's, it's clean. I've actually never used it before, all right? And I'm never going to, because that's gross. I use tissues like a real person, all right? So, like, it's clean. But it can be stained. This next substance I'm going to put on it, representing our sin, representing our kind of fall into, from grace, our fall into death is tincture of iodine. All right, now they usually make this clear nowadays. People would put this on wounds back in the day. Like my grandma's era, they put it on wounds and it would just like be this big reddish, reddish spot on you. And you're like, what is that? Oh, it's healing it. Now we use peroxide and alcohol and things like that to help us out. 
But this will actually stain, well, that's not very much. Let me do it like this. This will actually stain this rag. It'll stain this handkerchief. And when you look at it, we're like, you know what? It's just a little bit. And this is how we look at ourselves. Like those lists I told you about. There's this list over here. It's not that big of a deal of the things I've done. I've just done a few things. I'm mainly good. And we don't realize that as we are engaging in the things that separate us from God, that it spreads and it impacts our entire life. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And we usually make like little New Year's resolutions and stuff, or we come to camp, so we try to make some sort of like, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try to do the right things, and the things that I learned about at camp, and I'm going to try to do those things. And we, we end up failing, and then guilt comes in, and shame comes in, and we start to look at what we've got, and it's almost like, why should I even try? How am I ever going to clean this up on my own? I mean, this thing is stained beyond repair, but we still try anyway. And we try to clean ourselves up. And this is like one of the main things when I'm talking to people who, who need Jesus. And they're like, you know what? I just can't come to Jesus. I've got too much wrong in my life. I've got to try to clean up first. And so we try to do that. And it's almost like trying to take a bath as this little handkerchief and go in here and say, you know what? I am going to clean my life up. I'm just going to take a little bath here. And I am going to make sure that I am good and clean. And it might take a couple yeah, I'm using a spoon, too, so we can really get all of the iodine off of here and clean it up the best it possibly can be. But once it, what ends up happening is we don't just affect ourselves and fool ourselves into thinking that we've done something. We affect the environment around us and the other people around us. And those hurts that we inflict trickle down to other people, and maybe you have done that to someone else, or maybe you have been the person who has ended up receiving some of those hurts, and we go right back into it, and we add more sin and more sin to our life, and we go back, and we try to turn over a new leaf again, and we say, well, maybe this time I'm going to try something else, and I'm going to clean myself up, and I'm just going to get all of this off of there, but every single time we just take more people down with us. I found that people who are doing the wrong thing typically feel better about it if they can get other people to do the wrong thing with them. Peer pressure, you guys have heard of that before. We do, we feel better. We want to tell our parents. Everybody was doing it, but then if there's this one person who really wasn't, in the back of our mind we know that, we're like, ah, oh, we got to make them do it too. If they do it too, I can really feel better about myself. And meanwhile, we're separated from God. And there is nothing that I could do on my own, nothing you could do on your own that would ever take away the fact that we have sin and that it separates us from God. Let me just put the lid on that so I don't end up spilling it. What Jesus did on the cross was a final payment. He didn't start an installment plan for you with a high interest rate. <laughs> it was a final payment. He's like paid in full. When he said it is finished, finished, the Greek word there, tetelestai, means paid in full. It's something you would say if you had just finished paying off something that you had borrowed money for. That's what Jesus says. It's done. It's finished. It's accomplished. And anybody who comes to him, he would heal from that. Now, this tree represents that tree that was in the Garden of Eden. 
that tree that was there that was an opt-out. And I've often wondered, why even put it there in the first place, God? I mean, we'd still be living in a free place if it wasn't for that tree right there, right? But if God hadn't put that there, every single one of us would be following him and friends with him and worshiping him because we had no other choice. And nobody wants friends like that. You don't want a friend that your mom is paying to hang out with you. It would hurt to find that out later. And so God put an opt-out right in the center of the garden and said, if you don't want the relationship with me, if you don't want to enjoy this eternal life that's happening and, and, and experience that perfection, here's your tree. And they chose it. And I can't really blame them because I choose wrong stuff all the time. I'm a human being. And they decided that they wanted to be in charge instead of God, and they ate from that tree. And if God was only justice like we talked about last night, oh, they'd be in trouble. Because the world fell at that point, and it no longer could maintain perfection because sin had entered the picture. And God could have been done with it. And he could have made another world of other people and maybe hid the tree a little bit more or made it smaller. Or don't eat from that bush. I mean, he could have tried something else. But he didn't give up on people. He kept after us and kept pursuing us. And he wanted more of us. And then 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped out of heaven where he was perfect, where he could not be hurt and put on this suit that we're wearing right now called flesh. He became a human being in a fallen world, capable of hurt, capable of being harmed. You think, well, Jesus doesn't know what I, I went through. You know, the, the guy who raised Jesus, Jesus was virgin born, so his dad who raised him, Joseph, in the nativity scenes, wasn't actually his biological dad, but it was the only dad he ever knew here on earth. He died before Jesus was on the cross. He experienced the loss of a parent. He experienced the loss of a best friend. He experienced people betraying him, People saying they didn't even know him and denying him, who were, who, were, who were afraid to be around him. People doubting who he was. Even when he was going back to heaven, it said they all, they believed, but there were some that doubted it. It's like, after all I've done, he experienced the same junk we go through in all the temptation that you've ever had. But God went from this one tree in the Garden of Eden to the second tree shaped like a cross, stuck in the ground with Jesus on it as an opt back in so that you could have life in him, and when we come to Jesus and we say, I want you to clean me up, he doesn't just partially clean us up, he cleans us up. Sometimes with some of us, it takes a little while. He forgives us immediately. We're not guilty for anything anymore, but there's some habits and things that he starts working out of our life, not because we're trying to do, to stop doing things, but because we're willing to let him do that in us and through us, and Jesus begins to do what only Jesus can do. And the believer is looked at, now this isn't perfect, I could do it a little bit longer, but the believer is looked at as clean. And he looks at us and says, this is, this is exactly what I want you to be. Not always doing the perfect things, but looked at as clean to where nothing else could stick to you. And we could go back and try to put that on, and it wouldn't happen because I have made you new. And he doesn't just do that with a believer so that he can say, well, here's one that is free. He does it so that we can go back and we can help our friends. So we can go back and tell them 
how we found Jesus so we can share the truth with them and they can be made clean too. Not only does the sin that we do trickle down and affect other people, but having Jesus does too. The people that you're around and the family that you have, God wants to take you after redeeming you and forgiving you and be a messenger of that grace to go and tell other people who he is. That opt-in is still open. God hasn't closed it. He's not like, oh, I've got enough people now. He loves everybody the same. And just like you saw in this skit, he didn't stay dead. He proved that he had power over death to give you life. He conquered it for us. You might say, well, I thought Christians die too. I've been to some funerals. Yeah, we do. Our bodies still wear out. Our bodies are still in a fallen world. But death never has the final say on a follower of Jesus. No claim to them. Because Jesus said it is finished, paid in full. We are bought with a price. He says, I want them back. And he doesn't force on us any more than he forced Adam and Eve to follow him. He gave them an opt-out. Today, right now, he gives you an opt-back in. That you can follow him and you can give him your life. We've been talking about this all week. I believe God's speaking to some of your hearts tonight. And that tonight may be the defining moment of your life. Where you go from death to life. You go from having sin to being forgiven of it. You go from being in charge of your own life to giving that authority to Jesus. We're going to do something that might seem strange to you. and That's okay if it does. Um, we're going to open the back doors in just a second. And I'm going to send all of you out. And we're not going to play and stuff. We're going to go to just have this contemplative time of prayer all across this grass here, I'm going to ask that you find somewhere to sit. Don't move yet. Somewhere to sit, not near anyone else. Don't go with a friend. Don't grab a couple people. Don't go to the bathroom yet. Just find somewhere to sit on the grass about 10 or 15 feet apart from anybody else. And I want you to have a conversation with God, maybe for the first time in your entire life. Here is the simple thing about what Jesus did that you can do right out here. Jesus says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and cleanse you from every wrong. And I'm not talking about naming everything bad you've ever done. I'm talking about saying, I need your forgiveness and I want you in my life. It's as simple as turning from your sins. Repentance is facing one way, saying I'm doing this, I'm doing it my way, and then turning the other way and saying, no, I'm going to follow God. And if we will do that, and put our life in his hands, he will start to make everything in your life new. Everything about you new. Will you go through hard times still? Absolutely. Will you have somebody to go through it with you? Yes. We were never meant to go through life in a world like this on our own without Jesus. That's why he died, to start that friendship with you, to renew that relationship you were meant to have in the first place. It's the reason you were created, and he's got so much more for you. So after you do that, now you might think, well, I don't know exactly what to say, and I, I want to do that. And all of the counselors that have been walking with you and playing with you this week and hanging out with you will be walking around on the field. Just slip your hand up, and one of them will come to you. And, and you can just tell them, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, and they'll tell, the, they'll tell you how. And you know how they know how? Because they've done the same thing. It's that simple. When the bell rings, 
In about eight to ten minutes, the bell's going to ring. We're going to come back in here. Don't dismiss from there. Come back in here. I want to pray with the students who choose. If Maybe you. Maybe there's one of you. Maybe there's 20. Maybe there's 40. I have no idea. I want to pray over you, pray with you as you start your life in Christ. So if you've done that, when we come back in, I'll say, hey, if you just prayed to receive Christ out there and you gave him your life, you, you're starting this journey, I just want you to come up here real quick and I just want to pray for you because it's going to be hard because death, which symbolized Satan, <laughs> he's got all kinds of plans for you too and none of them are good. And he wants to stop you, especially if you make a decision for Jesus before you go anywhere. And we want to pray over you and, and allow God's hand of protection to be with you as you walk through that. So right now, as quietly as we possibly can, if you guys could spread out on that field out there for the next few minutes and have a conversation with God. I know we still might have a few that are trickling in. Uh, I'm going to ask in just a second that those who may have made a decision to follow Jesus and to give your sins to Jesus tonight would just come right up here just so I can pray for you. And uh, I'll try to have, if I could, my wife will remind me, like a notepad. I like to get, not for tonight, but tomorrow when you come in or when you go out tomorrow, either way. Or you can come up and tell me individually your name. Um, if you'll let me know who you are and I can put it in my phone or put it in something. I don't mean last names and all personal information. Just your first name. Uh, I can be praying for you in the next few weeks that, um, that you'll grow strong in your faith and that you'll get to know God the way he's always intended for you to get to know him. And I would love nothing more than to partner with you in that way. So if that's you tonight, and maybe you're the only one, maybe there's several of you guys that usually there's, there's quite a few who say, you know what, I've weighed and thought about this all week, and when it comes time to go out there and talk to God, maybe that's the first conversation you've had with them. Maybe it's a long time coming. You've had many conversations over the years, but this was the night where you said, I'm giving it all to him. I'm, I'm receiving his forgiveness, and I'm stepping into that friendship that he offers. If that's you, just come right here real quick. I'm not going to counter anything. Um, I just want to be able to pray for you. Did anybody make that decision tonight? Come on up. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, it's all right. Let somebody out if, they got, if they've got their knees there. I know that's awkward to be the first one to walk this way, but if you made that decision tonight, whether there's a few of you or a lot of you, God thinks that's awesome. The Bible says that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels in heaven when one person makes this type of decision, when one person turns from their sins and gives it to him. So, all right. So if you made that decision tonight, just come right around. I'm not going to bite you or anything. Not a venomous snake. And let me pray for you guys and girls. I think this, this is one of the most awesome decisions that somebody can make. It's the most awesome decision I ever made in my life. And I'm including getting married, all right? That's the second best decision I ever made in my life. My wife will say the same thing. The best decision she ever made was follow Jesus. Second best, maybe, maybe third or fourth for her, was marrying me. But second best was marrying her in my book. But this is it. This is like, this is from here on out, Jesus walking with you, doing some amazing things in your life. So let me pray for you guys and girls. Lord, I thank you so much for each of the Teenagers that are standing in front of me right now, Lord, that you have redeemed, Lord. Some of them praying on their own out there, others with counselors. And uh, regardless, you hear us. You are an infinite God who has created the world and the universe that surrounds it, God. And you, you hear right to our heart. And when we make a decision like this, you do amazing things. There may be somebody sitting out here, God, who is yet to make that decision who is thinking about it, Lord, I pray that they would get alone, grab their, grab their counselor or talk to somebody and, and to know that just because they didn't make a decision in a grassy field out here doesn't mean that it's too late for them, but that your grace is still open. You are still looking 
to do amazing things in the lives of students this week and beyond this week, God. So I thank you for those tonight who have just come into your family. The Bible calls it adoption of saints, that they are now children of God and completely forgiven for all of their sins, God. We thank you for that, and we're just amazed by the fact that you continue to do those things. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's give these guys and girls a round of applause. Awesome. So proud of you. If you think about it later, come let me know your name so I can be praying for you. I'll put it on my phone. And now we have Brett Eye with some announcements for tonight. We do indeed. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.